Welcome to Plead the Cause, brought to you by Heart of the Bride Ministries, where we are here to plead the cause of the orphaned and vulnerable children around the world. My name is Tommy. I'm the Director of Community Engagement for Heart of the Bride Ministries. And once again, I'm joined by our Executive Director, Brian Christman. Hey, Brian, how's it going this morning? Good, Tommy. How you doing, man? Doing well, man. I'm, I'm up in North Carolina, away from the uh, Florida heat and humidity. <laughs> yeah god yeah. bless you man that is that that right there that is the blessings of the lord yeah. <laughs> we're nice. sweating it out down nice. here man so, so what <laughs> oh, you're no. telling us today tommy is on remote on remote yeah it was 42 <laughs> last night 42 degrees reporting nice live from the mountains yeah. of north carolina <laughs> that's awesome that's it. that's it we're jealous man yeah. we're jealous so brian man yeah yeah, but I'm excited to be able to, to still be able to record with you guys. I actually have a signal, so we're good. And and today we're going to talk about some great things that kind of piggyback on some of our previous episodes where we talked about the body of Christ networking together. And, and that really is part of the ministry of Heart of the Bride is how to bring different people, different parts of the body of Christ together to work together to do the work of the ministry. And we're going to kind Absolutely. of piggyback on that a little bit today. Uh, so I'm excited to, to hear some of your thoughts. Uh, so to get into it, let me just exp- to share a story of, of a video I saw one time where they were discussing missions and they were discussing uh, poverty, especially in other countries. And they were interviewing people like mostly from Western type civilization and asking them what poverty meant. And, and of course, a lot of the answers were not having stuff. That's, that's really what poverty equated to to, for many people. But when they would go to the impoverished villages and they would ask them, what it meant to them more often than not it had nothing to do with possessions two of the most common answers were feeling disrespected that they just weren't respected as as members of society Uh, but one of the more gut-wrenching responses was that they felt invisible they just felt that that society around them didn't even see them as though they, they weren't even there, just that you could walk past them, not even notice them. And so, Brian, we were talking, and one of the things that we were discussing offline before we got started that you're going to talk to us about today is God, God sees us, God sees them, and that that gives us hope. And so I want to turn this over to you and let you share a little bit about that, about how God sees those who are brokenhearted. Uh, and in affliction. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, that's one of the things I love. Um, uh, we're just gonna look at some scripture today, really just uh, a few scriptures just to, to see uh, how God's involved in this. Like what, 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 you know, what, what I think a lot of people are asking is, okay, well, how is God involved and what place does he have in, in what we see around us in the world? And, um, you know, it takes me back uh, to uh, to Genesis, really. Genesis 16 is where this all starts, uh, uh, this subject. Uh, you know, I, I learned a long time ago, and it's it stuck with me that, hey, when someone calls God by a name in the Bible, you know, one of the specific names like, you know, Jehovah Jireh, you know, God, our provider, you know, it goes back to a specific moment where that person experienced him in that way. And so when we go back to Genesis 16, we see the story of Hagar, right? So we don't have to go through all the background. Abraham and Sarah, they were 
kind of impatient. God had not fulfilled his promise yet. And so, you know, uh, Sarah had this idea, well, you know, it's, it's common around us to use our servants to produce a child and, and then that child can carry on the name, right? Maybe he'll be the one of promise. And so, you know, Abraham was sinful as well. He agreed. And so, uh, they did that and Hagar, you know, she became pregnant and then Sarah despised her. And so Hagar fled. And so while she's out in the wilderness, you know, um, uh, next to a well, or I can't remember a fountain. I, I didn't, I didn't put that scripture in here. It's right before this, but she's sitting there and she's, you know, she's just out there by herself. The angel of the Lord shows up and, and speaks to her. And so here's, here's what he says to her. It says, uh, starting in verse 11 in chapter 16, and the angel of, angel of the Lord said to her, behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son and you, sh- you shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing. For she said, truly here, I have seen him who looks after me. And so what we see here are are two uh, quick things that just reveal, uh, you know, the nature of God. A couple parts. Um, Number one in verse 11 says, God heard her affliction. You know, God is not unaware. God heard her in that moment out there by herself. You know, it doesn't record her pleading, but obviously, you know, she was out there upset, you know, and, and pleading and, and, um, and just lamenting her, you know, her affliction and God heard her. And then she calls him, you are a God of seeing. And what she knew right then in that moment is that God saw her. God sees us in our affliction. And so she calls him that, and we can learn that as well from that name that he is a God who sees. And so, um, you know, when we feel unseen, unheard, uh, God is there. God is with us. God sees and God hears. And then he takes that a little deeper when we get to Exodus uh, 2 and 3, right? So now we get to the story of God calling Moses to come and deliver his people. And, um, you know, the first two chapters are a little more historical leading up to God calling Moses. And at the end of chapter two, verse 24, it says this, and God heard their groaning, talking about the Israelites, you know, they just set up that they were in slavery now and being oppressed. It says, and God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel and God knew. All right. And then he goes a little deeper when we get into Exodus three. Now he's talking to Moses from the burning bush. And he says, then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. And I know their sufferings. And he goes a little deeper there. But what we see is these three things that I believe are echoed through the rest of scripture that God saw He saw their affliction. He heard their cries when they cried from that place of affliction. And then he knew, and he didn't just know, just know them. It says he knew the suffering of his people, right? So God sees, God hears, and God knows. So that, that, um, what you shared at the beginning is, is, is pretty heartbreaking. And, and I've, I've talked to many people who experience that, you know, they really feel, uh, in other parts of the world and, and even I'm sure here in, in, <laughs> in parts of, uh, America right around us, you know, they feel so unseen, so unheard and that no one knows the suffering they're going through. And, uh, and the scripture tells us that God sees, God hears, and God knows. Yeah. I mean, 
we are promised that he came to bind up the brokenhearted, right? To set the captives free. So he he definitely sees, he hears, he knows us. You know, and when we when we think about this, all right, so God, he sees our needs, right? He he hears our cries, he knows us. Then some would ask, well, then why, why is there still suffering in the world then? If God sees all of this, why doesn't he just kind of snap his fingers and make it all <laughs> stop, make it all go away, right? And, and, and it's easy for people, I think, to look at the Israelites in the wilderness and see how God provided manna and, and even quail, like out of nowhere, God provided food for them. And yeah, you can look at that and go, well, God provided, you know, he met all of their, their needs. You know, we're, we're told that God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and riches and glory. So why doesn't he just snap his fingers and fix it? But I think when this is where taking the whole counsel of, of scripture is important, because when you look at the totality of scripture, that type of, of meeting needs is not what we see more often right. the, the more common approach is god using his people yeah absolutely well and and um yeah you know when we look at the totality of scripture we're also reminded that we don't always understand god's plans right like we, that is we true. we're never going to never going to fully understand why he does certain things you know and as as a, as a believer at some point we have to get a com- comfortable comfortable with a little bit of mystery, right? And, and, yeah. and that we're not going to understand until one day we stand before his throne, but God definitely has a plan and God is definitely working. Um, so before we, we dive into that, let me, let me remind you of this too, that, that God, um, he, he also applies uh, this same thing, this seeing, this hearing, this knowing, uh, specifically even to the ministry that, that we do when you get to Psalm 10, you know, working with the, 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 the vulnerable and, and fatherless children around the world, um, you know, Psalm 10 uh, begins rather downcast, talking about how messed up this world is, uh, even in, even in the, the psalmist's time. But then he says this, starting in verse 12, Arise, O Lord, O God, lift up your hands. And now he's asking him to move. He says, Forget not the afflicted. Why does the wicked renounce God and say in his heart, You will not call to account? But do you, you do see, I'm sorry, he says, But you do see, for you note mischief and vexation that you may take it into your hands to you. The helpless commits himself. You have been the helper to the fatherless. All right. And then he even ends the Psalm by saying, O Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed so that the man who is of the earth may strike terror no more. So you can go back through that Psalm and see again that he hears, he sees, and he knows and the psalmist is saying, God, I know that you're going to step up and you're going to do something about this. And he makes special note of the fatherless right there. So then obviously the question is, all right, so God, why do these things still exist? Why are you not doing something? I think a lot of us have wrestled with that, right? In a time of prayer and going, God, honestly, I just, I want this all to end. I want fatherless to be, fatherlessness to be over. I want poverty to be over, hunger to end. Why not? Well, let's go back to Exodus 3. All right, and let's keep going. We stopped in verse seven. That's what we read. Look at verse eight. Here's what God says when he comes to Moses, speaking from the burning bush, he says, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land. So put this together. What, what, where he ended was, hey, 
I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry because of their taskmaster, taskmasters, and I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them. So God says pretty plainly, I have come down to deliver them. In fact, uh, what I see in this verse is that God was already there, right? He's calling Moses, but that's not where the plan began. God was already there. He says, I've come down to do this, right? So God had a plan to deliver his people, but his plan was to work through his servant Moses, right? I mean, I'm sh surely he could have just struck down Pharaoh, like just taken out the Egyptians and then showed up as a pillar of fire and walked his, his people out of Egypt with, with no other burden, no other stress, right? But, but that wasn't his plan. His plan was, number one, to work through Moses, right? And then he brought in Aaron with him. His plan was to work through his people, just like his plan. The reason he's delivering Israel is to work through his people to reveal himself to the world and ultimately to, to bring the Savior, right, out of Israel uh, through the line of David. So all of this, God is working for his glory. I mean, we wouldn't know of the greatest miracles of the Old Testament, like the parting of the Red Sea, had God not done it this way. We wouldn't know of God's incredible power and his wisdom if God had not worked this way. But his plan was to work through his people. All right. So then we see this again when we get into, into the New Testament. Right. So let's go back to episode two. If you, if you think back to episode two, uh, we, we went ahead and, and pulled the, 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 pulled the, the, the curtain off of this, right? God's plan, his answer is to work through his people, right? I mean, even, even, in, even in spreading the gospel, that's why the great commission exists is because God was commanding his disciples and all those who would believe after them by their message to, to spread the gospel. We're the ones to make disciples. It's to work through his people. Then when we get to acts two and acts four, we see his church then acting as the answer for believers who are struggling in Jerusalem. It says, you know, they didn't hold their possessions as their own. They held all things in common so that no one was in need. If someone had something, they shared it with someone who was in need. So the church was already working there to be the answer to the problems that were around them, especially within the, their body. All right. And then when we get to second Corinthians eight and nine, which we've referenced before, and, and pretty soon we'll do uh, more of a deep dive into, I just, I gotta be honest. I didn't want to do a deep dive into giving this soon. I, I, I don't want this to seem like we're just coming to you to ask for money, right? It, it is a part of discipleship so in, in this work. So we're going to have to get to it. But what we see in second Corinthians eight and nine is the example of the Macedonian church. Paul uses them as the example to say, Hey, they're, they're even given out of their poverty, right? Not so that then they would be more impoverished, but so that they would share the burden with believers in the rest of the world who had even less and, and that they gave, they gave sacrificially, right? So it hurt them some to give, but they did that because they were inspired by Christ's sacrificial gift to us. And then they gave joyfully and voluntarily to be a part of this ministry to share the burden so that they could take care of each other's needs. And so that's, that's God's plans. God's plan is, is that we would be the answer to this, that, that we would be the ones to, that he would work through to fight fatherlessness, to rescue children off the streets, to, 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 to bring an end to hunger. Like we are the ones to work through this with God working through us. And it really is through his body, right? And I don't, listen, I don't knock any NGO out there doing great work around the world. I, I'm all for it. I want us to end hunger. I want us to end poverty and fatherlessness. But we all know that the real answer and healing to this world is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I believe that his body really is his primary 
mode of, of doing this. His call primarily is to the body of Christ to accomplish this because we also have in mind his ultimate goal to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, to bring healing to those who are hurting and salvation to those who are lost. Yeah, that's good. You know, I think about in the New Testament when they were talking about the, the needs of the widows that were not being met. And it wasn't in that moment that God just brought manna again and fed all the widows, right? They, they brought together a, a group of guys who were going to raise up uh, and serve as deacons to <laughs> minister to, to them, right? It was a work of the ministry through the body of Christ, through the church, through us, you know, and that, that really is, is our call. And that's what we do. And that, and that's why it's important for for us to get involved. It's why we invite all of you to come and, and partner with us and engage with us. And, and that can be a lot of different ways, which we're going to talk about, I think on our next episode about the different ways to, yeah. to partner with us and get involved. But, but that, but this is the call of the church. You know, we, I yes. think to Ephesians four, right. Ephesians four, so talks about all of the leadership within a church, and, and it talks about that they were given, the, the apostles and all that was written in Scripture, the prophets that God used, and even now our pastors and our teachers and those who, who pour into the church. It is for the purpose of equipping the saints to do the Absolutely. work of the ministry. And a lot of times we can sit back and think that it's either God's going to miraculously come through or it's upon the leadership to make these things happen. No, it's their job to train us up and equip us to go out and to do Absolutely. the work of the ministry. And, and, and that's where Heart of the Bride fits in. We're not here to feed the orphans, to care for I mean, we are. Okay, don't hear me say someone can pull this soundbite out like some hit piece, right? We're not here to do that. No, but what we're here for is to equip the church to do this, to equip the body of Christ here and around the world to work together, to, to fight these things, to care for the fatherless, to, to care for the orphan, the vulnerable child, to meet their needs. We're here to, to bring the abundance of, of the, the believers in one area to help the, the lack of believers in another who are in this fight, right? And, and that, that doesn't just mean here and overseas. It means also maybe one area of our city and the other. I mean, that's that's what we're doing through Care Portal. You heard with Matt two episodes ago, right, is, is to help us identify those needs around here where the body of Christ can jump in together and meet those needs. So we're here to do that all around the world. And so that's what we exist to do. And, um, and that's what we're pleading the cause for today. Okay. I, <laughs> I told you guys before this started, I, I was reminded this morning uh, of that cheesy, you know, overdone sermon illustration of God answering prayer. You know, it's, it's like you're in the middle of a flood, right? And the, the flood is all around your house. You're standing on the roof. We've all seen those, those, uh, those horrible videos of, of people trapped like that. But imagine you're there and, you know, you're asking God to deliver you. And so when the boat comes by and says, hey, hop in, you say, no, I'm waiting for God to deliver me. Boat's like, oh, I got to go get someone who's ready to get off a roof. So they leave, right? Then the Coast Guard shows up in a helicopter, right? And the guy comes down in the basket and says, hey, jump in. I'm here to save you. And you say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for God to save me. And he's going to deliver me. And so he, he's back up. And the helicopter's gone and nothing else comes. And so eventually you're standing before your maker that day. And you're going, God, I, I thought you were going to deliver me. And God says, I sent the boat. I sent the helicopter. Why didn't you jump in? These were my answers, right? You, you didn't take what I offered. And sometimes I wonder if we're not praying, you know, God, end hunger, end 
poverty and fatherlessness, um, help the orphan, plead the widow's cause, God help the widow. And I wonder if he's not looking at us going, you know what, I'm here. I've come down to do this and I'm calling you to join me in it. I'm calling you to, to fight this. I'm going to empower you to do this. I just need you to say yes. I need you to take the next step to join in. And so what we're pleading uh, for today is for the body of Christ to stand up and answer the cry of the afflicted and the fatherless in this world. Today, the cause we're pleading is this. We are pleading for you, if you're listening to this, to get involved. You're the body of Christ. If you're listening to this and you're a believer, then we're pleading for you today to join us in this. And, uh, and together, let's fight. Uh, fatherlessness and poverty, and uh, let's fight for the vulnerable and, and orphaned children around the world. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, next week on that episode, we're going to dig deeper into how to make that commitment. But we don't want you to wait until next week's episode to <laughs> to look for opportunities to get involved. So go ahead and get to the website heartofthebride.org heartofthebride.org. You can check out the commit three portion of the page. You can look at each aspect of the ministry and, and the different things that we do. And there is a lot of information on the website that will show you ways that you can get involved, you know, and then once you've looked at that and you have some ideas, then, you know, by the time you've thought and prayed through that next week's episode will drop and talk a little bit more about uh, different options and maybe answer some of the additional questions you may have, but, but don't wait, go ahead and get on the website today. Look for opportunities to get involved, reach out to us. You know, you can uh, find ways to email us and, and connect with us. Uh, if you find us on social media, hit us up. We'd love to talk with you about the different opportunities we have. I mean, we have teams going this year to, to some of our countries and, and we're looking forward to planning trips for next year. So if that's a way you want to get involved, we'd love to, get you over there. Uh, there are opportunities to serve with foster and adoption care right here in the United States through care portal and the ministry that we do here. We heard about that again with Matt. So we're excited to have you partner with us. We're excited to help be a part of, of the equipping process to help you do the work of the ministry. Uh, so definitely reach out. All right. If, if you're enjoying what you're seeing, we, we want to invite you to go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. That way you get notified anytime we drop a new video or go live. If you're looking for audio only and, and that's your preferred method or you know someone who does podcasting a lot, then you can check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts for the audio file only. And we look forward again to, to continuing to just plead the cause of the orphaned and vulnerable children around the world. Thank you for joining us, Brian. Thank you, man. Hey, thank you, man. I, I always enjoy this, man. Look forward to talking with you next week. And yeah, hey, join us. That's the plead today, guys. Just join us. Let's do this.